O Lord, our Maker, Redeemer, and Comforter, we are assembled in your presence to hear your holy word. We pray you to open our hearts by your Holy Spirit, that through the preaching of your word, we may be taught to repent of our sins, to believe in Jesus in life and death, and to grow day by day in grace and holiness. Hear us for Christ's sake. Amen. Almighty God, Heavenly Father, I have sinned against you through my own fault in thought, word, and deed, for the sake of the suffering, death, and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ. Have mercy on me, forgive me all my sin, and bring me to everlasting life. Amen. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Lord, you have been favorable to your land. You have brought back the captivity of Jacob. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forevermore. Amen. The Old Testament lesson appointed for the third Sunday in Advent is recorded in Isaiah chapter 40, beginning at verse 1. Comfort. Yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned. For she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The voice said, Cry out. And he said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, because the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Here ends the Old Testament lesson. The epistle lesson is recorded in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. For I know of nothing against myself, yet I am not justified by this. But he who judges me is the Lord. Therefore judge nothing before the time, until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the hearts. Then each one's praise will come from God. Here ends the epistle lesson. 
The Holy Gospel is recorded in the Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 11th chapter, beginning at verse 2. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see, and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. As they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John, What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. This is the Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us pray. O Lord Jesus Christ, at your first coming, you sent your messenger to prepare your way before you. Grant that the ministers and stewards of your mysteries may likewise so prepare and make ready your way by turning the hearts of the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, that at your second coming to judge the world, we may be found an acceptable people in your sight. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Our sermon text is recorded in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself, for I know nothing against myself, yet I am not justified by this. But he who judges me is the Lord. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the hearts. 
then each one's praise will come from God. Dear fellow redeemed, in the season of Advent, our attention is focused on the coming of the Lord, his coming at his birth to be our Savior, his coming to us now in the means of grace, and his coming again on the last day as our judge. We are like servants who wait for the return of their master. We watch and wait. The gospel lesson today presents John the baptizer as the great example of one who watched and waited. God sent John as his messenger to prepare the way for the coming of Jesus. John did this by faithfully proclaiming a message of repentance and faith, preaching that led many people to be baptized. He watched and waited, sending followers to Jesus to ask him, are you the coming one or do we look for another? Jesus answered, Go and tell John the things you hear and see. As John prepared the way for Jesus' coming, so the apostles were witnesses to the fact that Jesus has come. They were sent out by him as messengers to proclaim the gospel of Christ, as witnesses of what they had heard and seen. Our text today finds the apostle Paul responding to our particular problem in the church in Corinth. Some of the members claim to be followers of Paul, some of another preacher called Apollos. In response, Paul takes the emphasis off the messengers and instead directs our attention towards the gifts God distributes through his messengers. Paul writes, let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. God's messengers are stewards of the mysteries of God. With what have they been entrusted? The word St. Paul uses for servant is a Greek word that means an under rower in a galley, an oared ship like the one that Ben-Hur rode in the movie of the same name. The Greeks extended the use of this word to mean anyone who serves another by getting his hands dirty. Paul also calls himself and his co-workers stewards, those entrusted with taking care of and administering things that belong to someone else, in this case, the mysteries of God. Mysteries are secret things. Many of us enjoy a good mystery. For generations, Sherlock Holmes has been a popular detective in novels, movies, and TV series. He solves mysteries using powers of observation, deduction, and logic. Our text speaks of the mysteries of God. What are the mysteries of God? Paul answers in his first letter to Timothy, and without controversy, Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. These words point to the physical evidence that Christ himself is the mystery of God, what was seen and heard in his incarnation, ministry, 
and ascension. In the miracle of the incarnation, Christ took on our human flesh. He suffered, died, rose again, and ascended into heaven, all for us and for our salvation. Why are these things a mystery to us? By nature, our minds are clouded by sin and are at enmity against God. Paul explains in 1 Corinthians 2, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. As Luther put in the small catechism, I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. Jesus himself says in Matthew 11, I thank you, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them unto babes. How are these mysteries revealed to us? In other words, how is Christ made known to us? The word for mystery in Latin is sacrament. Christ comes to us through preaching, teaching, and the administration of the sacraments. In the sacrament of baptism, the mystery of Christ is first revealed to us as faith is worked in our heart. Through reading scripture and the preaching of the gospel, Christ is made known to us through his word and works. In the sacrament of Holy Communion, Christ reveals himself in bread and wine as he feeds us through his true body and blood, strengthening our faith. Stewards of the mysteries of God are responsible to God for the administration of these means of grace through which God reveals to us the mystery of his grace in Christ Jesus. This brings us to the second point in our text concerning stewards of the mysteries of God. What is required of them? The Corinthians wanted their pastors to be strong leaders, men who asserted themselves, who were influential in the community. They wanted pastors who were movers and shakers. Of all these things, the Lord says nothing. Neither does he ask that they be spirited orators, witty conversationalists, good mixers, nor any of the many other points that nowadays are considered essential qualities as a pastor. What then is required of them? Our text answers, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. First and foremost, this is faithfulness to God and his word. He requires that his stewards administer the word of God, preach the gospel, bring forth the necessary spiritual food out of the rich treasury of God's mysteries. How can one be a servant of Christ if he does not teach Christ's message? God commits to his stewards the management of his message to mankind. Preach my word faithfully, God directs his, directs his stewards. This involves rightly dividing the word of truth. Apply, applying God's law and gospel properly. 
This means rebuking the prevalent sins in the congregation and in the world, calling sinners to repentance, and also bringing repentant sinners the sweet message of the gospel. Faithfulness also means that God's stewards should not grow weary in helping and seeking the lost lambs and sheep of the flock of Christ, but that they should bear all the members of their congregation in their heart and make remembrance of them before God in prayer. The message of our text is not that congregations call pastors to be faithful for them. Faithfulness is required of all Christians. We are not to divide our time so that an hour here or there belongs to God, while the rest of our time belongs to us to do with what we please, or more accurately, to do with as our unbelieving neighbors please. We expect our elected government officials to obey God and represent the people, but we definitely do not want them to live our lives for us. Likewise, we expect our pastors to be godly men, to preach God's true word to us, to administer the sacraments, and to lead us in our prayers. But that doesn't mean that we give up reading the Bible, saying prayers, or serving our neighbors by our works. Faithfulness to the mystery is no easy matter. There are pressures from inside and outside the church regarding what the work of the church is. The world is always ready with other ideas, ideas for redesigning and improving, ideas about what works best, ideas about what is more relevant to our times and customs. It is not easy for us, really, to think of ourselves as servants of a truth revealed so long ago. There are those who would persuade us that we must keep up with the times and redesign our teachings and practices to go along with current trends and modern attitudes. We may find ourselves ashamed of a particular doctrine or practice that isn't popular in the eyes of the world. We may fall into a pattern of neglecting the use of God's word in our daily lives or not putting into practice what we hear on Sunday. Our lack of faithfulness deserves God's punishment. Yet God's faithfulness toward us is never ending. Paul wrote to Timothy, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Where we have fallen short in our faithfulness to God, Jesus was perfectly faithful to his heavenly Father in our place. Even as a 12-year-old boy in the temple, Jesus knew that he must be about his Father's business. Jesus' faithfulness led him even to suffer and die in our place. By God's gift of faith, Jesus' faithfulness is credited to us. God has promised us who have been brought to faith in him, be faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. The third question our text addresses concerning the stewards of the mysteries of God is, to whom does judgment of them belong? Paul writes to the Corinthian congregation, but with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. Where evident unfaithfulness in their pastors is concerned, a Christian congregation has the right and duty to judge its pastors on the basis of God's word. 
and a Christian congregation can also appreciate faithfulness in its pastors, but it cannot judge faithfulness in the way God alone can, as we're told in 1 Samuel, for the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The closing words of our text point us ahead to Jesus coming on the last day as judge of all. In that day, the Lord will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the hearts. Our motives for our words and actions cannot be judged by others. Only God can see them. Yet it is our motives, our desires, that are all important in determining what we think and say and do. What do we want? What are we after? What is the inner counsel of the heart? Only God knows. Only God can judge. For Christians, Jesus coming for judgment will be a day of gladness when each one's praise will come from God. May we be found in that day, boasting not of our own goodness or worthiness, but clinging to Christ alone, as in the words of the hymn, when he shall come with trumpet sound, O may I then in him be found, clothed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. God's messengers are stewards of the mysteries of God. Like John the baptizer, they prepare people for the coming of Christ by preaching repentance and faith. Stewards of God's mysteries point people to Christ's first coming, his holy life lived for us, and his suffering and death as our substitute, as the source of our salvation. They bring people Christ as he comes to us under the lowly and hidden forms of the word and sacraments. In the gospel, the mysteries of God are revealed to us. By faith in the mystery of Jesus' first coming, we are prepared for Jesus coming again on the last day as judge to take believers to heaven. May we heed God's messengers as they speak to us God's word and administer his sacraments. May we receive the Lord in repentance and faith now that we may rejoice in the day of his glorious appearing. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, creator of everything on which we draw for sustenance in life, you alone give us cause to hope and reason to rejoice. We lift up our voices in praise for your unfailing goodness. Nowhere but with you is perfect constancy. In your holy revelation, we have discovered the basis for our inner peace. In you at last, our hearts may rest secure. You neither fail us nor forsake us. Our restless hearts find rest in you. Draw to the comfort of your unfailing love, the hurting and the ill, all those who mourn, the fearful. We pray for those whose needs we know and for all whose desperate state is unknown to us, especially those who keep 
their extremities hidden from our eyes and bear them in silent, crushing secrecy. Lead them to know that we do not walk alone, that there is a helping and sustaining hand, a friend. What they cannot share with us, let them share with you in prayer. As we prepare for the coming of the very Son of God, give each of us courage to make straight the pathways of our lives and to sweep clean the corners of our hearts so that the King may find in us a welcome home. And since there is no power in us to renovate our soiled and sinful hearts, we seek to wash ourselves clean in the blood of the very Lamb whom we welcome to pre prepare to welcome. Provide wisdom and vigor and perseverance to the president of our nation, the president of our church body, teachers, doctors, police, and military people, and any who bear the burden of leadership and service. Our prayer is brought before you in the name of Jesus, our hope, our Savior, our friend, and our heavenly guest, who taught us to come to you saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Mm -hmm.